You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. We are the Sacred Collective. All are respected, all are heard, all are welcomed. Join us. All right, we're back. So I I heard you hate Christianity in and out. Right. All right, now what? Yeah, now we're back, uh, and we were just starting a conversation, and I feel like maybe we should record it. Yeah. Um, And, man, I don't even know how to dive into this one. So (coughs) I was asking you about why you still go to church, Mm -hmm. Um, albeit that you go to Revolution Church, which sounds like a bunch of people who don't really know what's up, but they kind of like the idea of Christianity, Mm -hmm. so they kind of go anyway. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I couldn't understand. I uh, couldn't understand why, or fathom, it's not that I'm judging. It's just I no, can't. I, I can't fathom yeah. what the, the the framework in the mind looks like for someone who grew up in Christianity and is you call yourself an atheist, right? Mm-hmm. But is comfortable still holding on to uh, cultural Christianity, as you called it earlier. Yeah. So you were kind of talking about yeah. that. And yeah, in, in response directly to that, it's not. I feel like in my mind, well, I'm confident in this. I can assert this. I am not clinging to Christianity. I'm not gripping it. That's fair. Like you can say holding on to that's that's fair enough. I, I still engage with it. Um, I used to be very very angry with it, and I've I feel like I've come to a healthier spot to where I can engage with it and relate with it and not be um, not not even agree with its with with its terms not vocabulary wise, but the terms of of its engagement of where it's at and things like that. Um, I feel like, and I, again, I'm not clinging to it. It could disappear. Yeah. But even if it disappeared altogether, like, okay, do I believe in God? No. Do I think Jesus was God? Of course fucking not. You know, but I feel like it, it has affected me so deeply. And I think, I, I I hope that this is fair enough to maybe make some sort of observation that, it, that it's affected you deeply enough to where you, you still talk about it regularly mm-hmm. and how you were hurt by it. Mm-hmm. And so you're still interacting with it. And I don't think I can ever, ever get away from how it has affected me. Yeah. And so I would rather, it's almost, and maybe I'll try to use a, a metaphor and say it's almost like having an ex who you were, you thought you were going to marry and like it was just so intimate, or maybe you, you were married and then you got divorced and you're angry at them. And then it's like, you know what, let's just try to be on decent civil terms. I'm going to try to process my anger and then be like, you know what, you're coming from where you're coming from, but I still want to, to have some sort of a relationship with you. Hmm. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about it. And like I say, you know, I it could go away, and I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. I could, I could stop going to church, and I wouldn't lose any sleep. I would, I would miss the people that I see there. I would miss their perspectives, especially at Revolution, which is the most. It, it's, it's such a stretch of the word church to even apply it to yeah. that group of people. Yeah. But um, I'm going to try to salvage from the wreckage of the relationship I have with Christianity any nugget. I'll, uh, you know. I have like terms like inspired or divine and things like that when you talk about the Bible or even the um, what what culturally has come from Christianity what it looks like in the West and things like that you just kind of salvage from this wreckage like build build a tiny hut out of this massive mansion that just collapsed or something like that not because I have to I could I could go find another shelter besides this little hut but like right now that's an important thing to me that I that I I want to stop being as angry at it as I was, and I want to have some sort of a civil relationship with it, I guess. 
So, <clears throat> in a way, it doesn't. It sounds like you're like actively still deconstructing in 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 that probably you're trying to see what really remains. Yeah. After all of shedding everything that's absolute shit mm. like you're oh, trying yeah. maybe you're trying to see it in the way someone who wasn't raised christian can see it where they can see the positives of it right objectively so mm-hmm. it sounds like you're trying to to find out what's left objectively mm-hmm. of christianity with with removing from the, the yeah. trauma right yeah absolutely and i still also I, I see benefit in putting in the effort to still interact with it so that i can still civilly interact with the this massive portion of the population who is still entrenched mm. in it and takes it literally yeah. and things like that. Cause my parents, for example, are still very, uh, I mean, compared to where they used to be at like five years ago, they're, they're much less fundamentalist, but they still are fundamentalists yeah. and that doesn't sit right with me. You know, they're still both like Republicans for the most part yeah. and that doesn't sit right with me at all, but I still want to be able to have conversations with them. And when I need to be comfortable enough to use their vocabulary yeah. or to say like, like, that's the most Christ-like atheist I've ever seen. That's the most Christ-like Buddha. What do I mean by that? Not that they're like in the image of God or something. I mean that they're trying – I'm using the metaphor of Christ, who I, who to me is a metaphorical figure to start with, who is factually metaphorical, which is kind of a silly term. Yeah. But like I want to be able to use those terms with them and maybe try to still uh, – process and digest all the baggage that I have around it so that I can get to a place to where I can still interact with that on some sort of a, a semblance of a civil level, I guess. That's intriguing. That is so intriguing. And I admire that. I don't know if I, that's a journey I could go on, but I, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And that's so intriguing because I'm already thinking about myself and the things that like, I imagine that if I went through a process like yours, that I would, have an easier time with like for instance if someone dies someone died Mm -hmm. and that sucks also now i have to go to church and there's going to be churchy stuff and Mm -hmm. every time i go i'm triggered as fuck. oh i understand that and it sounds like what you're going through is um like exposure therapy sort of <laughs> yeah kind of like to reduce your triggers so mm-hmm. that you can actually react to what's objectively in front of you instead mm-hmm. of reacting to uh, I'm not projecting this word onto you I'm using it for myself like trauma mm-hmm. so no, I've been traumatized by the church that's, for sure. okay fair yeah, enough yeah. um that that's I mean that's what it sounds like to me which is really intriguing mm. Um, that's a good take on it too. The exposure yeah. therapy thing is, is interesting, but at the same time, I, I, I think I want to go through that so that I can get to a point to maybe help other people who yeah. were where I was at. Yeah. It's not so, strictly exposure therapy. Yeah. It's, it's, what is it? It's, it's almost being in my, it's almost being like a, not a double agent, but let's use that metaphor of being like, I'm going to go in there I can't sit, I cannot sit through a full, especially an evangelical service. Yeah. I have to walk out. I, I have had panic attacks, like visiting oh, my family. Okay. Yeah. And I, I can't sit through like hymns or like people, like we were talking about earlier. I went to a, a conference recently and, and I get triggered by words like the Holy Spirit or even, even the term God, especially when spoken from a pulpit yeah. is very triggering to yeah, me. Yeah. Okay. Very triggering. All right. This is, a, this is surprising to me. I like, I kind of pinned you as like, okay, I'm chill with all of it, but you're chill with revolution. Yes. Church. Absolutely. But, 
because I was just kind of like wondering, like, are you going to evangelical churches and sitting with that and digesting? I'd like to get that? to that point, but yeah? I, I can't right now. Yeah. I can't right now. How long have you been going to Revolution? About a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. And did would had you found a community similar to this before that? No. Okay. I, I moved to Minnesota because of Revolution to connect with oh. Jay Baker. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. did you live before? Uh, I was born and raised in Kentucky in Bible Belt. Right. You said that. Yeah. yeah. And then I uh, I lived in Kansas for a little while because my family had moved there from Kentucky and, and they needed some help with some stuff. And so I moved in and stayed with them for a few years. And then I, I heard Revolution Church podcast, and it's ironic because now I'm the producer for the podcast. Oh, cool! But I heard the podcast, and I was uh, just—it honestly kind of just changed my life because I, I, at that point I was very much in the in the start of my deconstruction. Yeah, and I was still going to uh, a Protestant church and things like that. I was a sound man for a Protestant church and things like that. And I heard Revolution. I heard Jay uh, a lot of his older talks, also about him coming out as being affirming. Maybe I shouldn't use the word coming out because he didn't. You know, he he himself yeah. is a is a, is a straight white man um but disclosed do what he disclosed yeah he just thank you yeah thank you yeah he disclosed that he was open and affirming and he lost his uh he lost all his funding so he lost his staff and most of his congregation and that's part of why um in this current iteration we meet in a bar in like the the theater in the back of bryant lake bowl which is a bowling alley slash bar um and there's a lot of online listeners, and they, uh, they're the only reason it stays afloat financially. And I was one of them, and I was like, I want to meet this guy and, and connect with him. And so that's why I moved here. But, but when I go there, it's, it's almost like just like a group therapy session. Like, Jake, hmm. we use the format of giving, maybe you'd call it a sermon. He calls it a talk. talk sometimes he uses the Bible, very selective parts. Yeah. You know, unless it's just pointedly being like, hey, guys, this is bullshit. Let me show you. Does he talk every time? Uh, sometimes I talk and sometimes uh, Brian will talk. And it's a rotating cast. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, the ideas of, like, conversion. If, if there's any conversion going on, it's, it's deconversion. It's like, maybe we should pick this apart even more and more and, and distance ourselves from the toxic shit that we're all still infected by so maybe it's, it's almost like getting a flu shot like you put a little bit of the flu in you so that you can or even maybe like tapering off a drug maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know we're all still infected by this and I see traces of that maybe in some honestly I don't speculate but maybe in some of the things that you said like you are still hurt by this thing mm-hmm. you know and you still discuss this thing and this is still affecting your life mm-hmm. very much yeah and I and the more I say things like that it kind of makes me more appreciate your comparison of it to being like exposure therapy sort of mm-hmm. thing but i'm not exposing myself to things like i'm not doing it to get comfortable i'm doing i i genuinely for some reason get a a genuine satisfaction out of being around a much 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 more healthy version of something that you could even call close to being parallel to to the term church you know yeah. or, or a service or yeah. whatever yeah but uh, I don't. I don't remember the last time that anyone prayed in that context, yeah. or that like we never have music or anything like that. And I think during the break we were talking about how music can be a trigger, yeah. even even outside of the context of religion. Yeah. Um, and I know it's confusing. I know that I've not landed at a final spot in it. Yeah. You know, I I'm been a materialist for a very long time. I would consider myself a humanist, although a lot of humanists would say, "Well, you can't go to church if you're a humanist." Yeah. But, um, but that's not really a church. Yeah. Right. 
No, that's that's very nuanced. Yeah, very nuanced. Yeah. What you guys are doing entangled. Honestly, it's not. It's it is far from perfect. I mean, I don't think anything's perfect. But it's mean, far from. It's far from ironed out. How about that? Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's very. Uh, I won't say appealing because I don't think I want to go, but like, it's very exciting to hear how non-committed it is and that it's just kind of fluid because that is the opposite of all Christianity that I've ever known. Yeah. And I'm going to say, I'm going to guess 93% of people who would call themselves Christians would even say that we are Christians. Yeah. You know, in that, in that space, like you guys aren't aren't freaking Christians, Mm. you know, like, and, and, and that's a a term that we even use loosely like I, I would identify most days as a Christian atheist, and the term atheist is even just because, like I said, it's a response to theism. I feel like I'm maybe an ex-theist, or a, I like the term non-theist, which mm. means I just don't care if there's. I don't think it. Well, I don't, it's not that I don't care. I don't think it's important if there's a god or not. Yeah, I highly, highly doubt there is. If I had to yeah. take a guess, I'm going to say no. But I've never been directly affected by that, the idea of that thing or that proposed thing. Yeah. I've never seen that proposed thing. Yeah. Also, as far as the afterlife and shit goes, like, listen, everyone, please just stop talking about that. No one's been there. Nobody knows. Everyone's agnostic. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and, I, and let me go ahead and say, plug. I, I, I want you to plug that in, in depth later. And I'm yeah. very, very sorry for saying everything's like that, for misspeaking. <laughs> everything's agnostic. That could be your new theme song. I'll, I'll, I'll record oh. that for you. Everything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my slip of the tongue earlier. I don't fucking care. Well, yeah. Bart Campolo called us everybody's agnostic. Everybody's agnostic. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Yes. It's uh, confusing, and I'm not asking you to understand it. And I appreciate mm. your. Uh, I I, pre- I appreciate your patience with me because I'm obviously still working this shit out. Because yeah. I've I've swung very far against Christianity and been like, okay, can I still have a like. None of my brothers are, but like my parents and my aunts and uncles are all still very, very Christian. It's like, okay, can I have a civil, like I keep using that term, but like a civil relationship mm-hmm. with this, these people and maybe even with this ideology? Well, not fundamentalism, obviously, or anything like that, but, mm-hmm. but with, with something, with, like I said, with something from the wreckage, is there anything I can pull? Not because it needs to be saved. Yeah. Not because it, it's, it's valuable even. Yeah. There's not even any inherent value i don't think in it yeah. but i can't forget that part of my life yeah you know yeah. i can't i if if i could just have been born with without uh any of that brainwashing that i went through you know that sounds great if i if i hadn't wanted to um, get a little bit personal if i if i hadn't like wanted to uh, like fantasized about killing myself and if i hadn't like hurt myself and stuff because i felt that i wasn't measuring up to these things that were part of this toxic air that I was breathing mm-hmm. called church. That'd be great. But like I went through that and I still have those scars. Yeah. I wish they, and some of them are literal scars. I'm not trying to, to say poor me, but you know, that's a very common thing. Yeah. You know, I, that would be great. Um, if I had always been secure with my sexuality on, on, on every level and with other people. And I, I just think that there's things in there like I said, that you can get any other place that you can get. Like, like I said, I love humanism that you get from humanism, but it just so happens that my native tongue 
is Christianity. Yeah. So I can just start speaking something else and be fluent in it, and that's great. But at the end of the day, if I hear someone speaking Christianity, it may trigger me. It may be a negative response, but I'm still fluent in that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. No, it makes sense to me, and I think that's a super healthy and valid way to approach um, your trauma. And it, it makes me think, and I don't know if it's like a super appropriate metaphor, but I'm about the options that you have. Let's say if you were raped by your dad when you were a kid and you grow up, he dies or whatever. And I could see that you have a couple of options, right? Like how you're going to deal with this and all are legitimate. And I think there's the option where fuck him, Mm -hmm. fuck everything about him. Like you're, you're traumatized and whatever, but you don't owe him anything. You don't, you don't need to develop any kind of understanding of him and his choices. He, what he did was wrong and that's not okay and fuck him and you just go that direction. Mm -hmm. I think that there's another road. Um, and I'm not trying to be binary here. I'm just saying that these are a couple of options, but there's another road where you're, um, you're mad for a while and you say, fuck him. And then you're like, I wonder what he went through. Yeah. Like, I wonder what were his parents like? What was his childhood like? Did they have enough money? What was his education like? Mm -hmm. You know, what did he go through to get here? Like, why did he decide to marry my mom? What has their relationship been like? What got him here? Not to justify it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but to develop some kind of compassion to see it, see him as human. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean forgiveness, but it's, seeing humanity maybe you're trying to see the humanity in christianity (laughs) that's a that's a potent metaphor yeah yeah and maybe even saying i don't know what that fucker was thinking when we played catch but he taught me how to play catch and i still enjoy playing catch you know i don't know what the what was going what sick thoughts were in his head at that time But But I I got, you know, I got this Or like he taught me how to drive. I don't know. Yeah. And and maybe that's even just And that's the optimist in you. That's not even the optimist, but the the positive thinker in you that you don't want, you don't want to just throw away all of the memories. Mm -hmm. And, and from, and I'm, I'm, as, as I'm processing what you're talking about, I'm thinking about myself Mm. and I don't feel drawn to your path, but I can see it like, for me, the way I'm functioning on my path right now is I've thrown it all out. Mm-hmm. Throw it all fucking out yeah, the window. I don't want to talk to him. Reasons. I don't want to know about him anymore. Yeah. He has nothing for me. Mm-hmm. He has fucking nothing for me. There is nothing redemptive yeah. about it at all. Mm-hmm. That's where my feelings are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I could totally see where you're going with that. Um, and that's, that's super intriguing. Um, and I'm glad you're doing that. Thanks. Like, that's really cool. And, and I'm glad that I don't have to do it. I'm I'm glad that I don't hear you say that and think, oh, he's a better man. Like he's a better person because he's trying to make peace with religion. And, but then that's where I'm like, but that's not me that, you know, back to the autonomy thing. Mm -hmm. Like you're on your path. This is where you're going. This is where Mm -hmm. you're authentically drawn to. 
I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm mad. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and it's this beautiful dialectic of allowing two opposites to be that I super honor your path and I love the path that you're on. And Same. I super honor my path and I love the path that Absolutely. I'm on. And I, and I'm so glad that we're both on our own paths that are very divergent and, and almost the same in a way. Like we're both seeking healing. Yes. Right. Yeah. But like through different mechanisms. Mm. Um, no, it's you know, yeah. I was I was really hoping I'd be able to talk to someone who's kind of in a position like yours, sort of. I was thinking more like a liberal Christian, but like to see somebody who's because you're atheist, but you're you're still engaging with Christian culture. And I even cringe a little bit with the term atheist because like because that's Fair. saying like that's saying like yeah, you have a semantical issue with that, right? Like, with a lot of terms, I mean, that's fair. What do you mean specifically by a semantical issue? Like that, you think that the word atheist is a reaction to the word theist. I do. Whereas because, well, atheist but, just means you have a lack of a belief in a god. Yeah, but I mean, if you were born on a desert island and no one ever even told you about the idea of God, I don't think you'd be an atheist. You'd just be a person. Like I'm trying to just be a person. I'm not trying to react to to say. Yeah, if someone said, "Do you believe in a god?" Then you would say. Yeah, then th- you would develop that belief. Then you you become an atheist. I don't know. Right, and that Maybe gets, I at, crave that, that to gets not- at the thing that that we're all born atheists. Like I think that's what that gets at. Yeah, maybe but none of us that, have a belief term, in a god. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you were to call it, but you're born a person, and a person doesn't automatically believe in God because that's a construct. Yeah. You know, like you can't react to a construct if you're never exposed to it. Right. You know, so I don't think everyone's an auto, you know default atheist. I guess within the Western Christianity culture, then yeah, you could say everyone's born atheist. But like, I would just rather not even even touch the the god question quote unquote that's fair i could see that i don't know i'm, I'm not gonna say i'm not an atheist mm. like i i just i just would rather not talk about that words matter like yeah. if you if you want to hold on to a label if you want to lift that label up as your label then you can do that if you don't mm-hmm. want to wave that label very high you get to do that too that's right. all about identity so I mean, if i'm speaking what I, I tell people that i use that term a lot that i am an atheist that's honestly me almost like speaking, deciding to speak the language of of Western, um, not even Western post Christianity, but like of whatever whatever you would call wherever. I'm having a hard time assembling these words again, but whatever you would call this culture that is that is saturated with exposure to Christianity. Yeah, yeah, and you you are post christian yeah for sure you're just beyond all of it right <laughs> that sounds pretentious as no, no 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 no. i didn't mean to no i know i know i know but yeah no yeah i That's would what agree i would agree means like yeah i would agree beyond even needing to yeah address this right like, but i still engage with it and yeah. and that's kind of the it and it almost sounds pretentious for me to call myself a christian atheist or a christian non a christian non-theist because it's like aren't those contradicting terms and it kind of begs the question well what do you mean by that you know because it's confusing and it is confusing. Yeah. Identities are confusing. Mm-hmm. Beliefs are confusing. Right. Don't back away of it. Like that's mm-hmm. that represents you. It sounds like. And if you have to explain it, do explain it. But don't don't, don't get mad. Don't, don't get <laughs> mad when people don't understand and sure, have to ask not. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that sounds like that's what you are. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Identity politics. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like you, yeah. Because on the one hand, you're like super careful about whether you call yourself an atheist or not. And then on the other hand, you're worried about people being 
like confused about this other label that you have a the Christian, Christian part. Yeah. yeah, I hate. Yeah, I I hate even telling anyone that I go to church. I feel like I have to yeah. have either either if like when I approached you, I knew it was going to come up. Obviously, about yeah. interviewing you and, and yeah. meeting you, but like I would I would put off that ever coming up in a conversation that I go to church. Like even with my friends, like some of my friends, I'm just like. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can't hang out, uh, you know, Sunday morning because I have to go record a podcast in Uptown. I don't even say I have to go to church, you know, because for one, I mean, it's it's just it's just a rough loaded term, you yeah. know. Yeah. And it's and to me, it's not. It is a redefined term. Yeah. Both church and Christian, in in how I apply them to myself, are right. redefined terms. Right. Right. They still are what they were, and they still are toxic institutions. Yeah. Absolutely. But like, I don't know. Yeah. To me. And it's almost kind of cathartic to be able to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm in church, and, and like there are there are some uh, like pleasant, harmonious kind of experiences of community and things like that that resemble some of the. There were positive experiences that I had when I was evangelical. There were some, you know, I had close friends, I had good relationships, I had warm and fuzzies, you know, which which are arguably just you know uh oxy what's oxytocin in your brain you mm-hmm. know the love drug dopamine dopamine mm-hmm. things like that um which is fine and I, I became a materialist long before i stopped believing in god or being concerned with the question of god um but i i like i said I, it, it was my first language yeah you know and i can't forget it i can i like i said i was awful mad at it and resentful of it for a long time and i still do resent a lot of it and i'm triggered by a lot of it but yeah you know, you're, you're making some kind of peace, yeah. the kind of peace that you want to make, or you don't even know what it is yeah. quite yet, but you're going to find out. I definitely don't know what it is. Yet. Yeah. yeah. So one thing I do, this is a slight tangent, but it's yeah, go for funny, it, is that I, when I have to go into a triggering situation, I have to go to a funeral, I have to go to a wedding, and they're going to read from First Corinthians. Yeah. Oh, um, the. F- <laughs> My husband and I, we bring Mike and Ike's along. Okay. And we'll eat them during whatever it is the funeral, the wedding, the baptism. And we'll whisper blasphemous things to each other <laughs> uh-huh. and call it atheist communion. Oh, I like that. So, like, <laughs> like, like, he'll just read my body. And if I just start, like, Cringing up, cringing, uh-huh. like, he'll. You're strangling pull your water out. bottle for the yeah. listeners. Yeah. He'll, he'll pull out a mic and I can be like, there is no God. <laughs> and I'll be like, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> just like eat up the mic and I'm like, yeah. Cause it's like, a, yeah. it's a quiet rebellion. Like I will sit here and look respectful, mm-hmm. but in the meantime, I am blaspheming onto this candy. Sure. Yeah. Like, and that's honestly like, that's impressive of you that you can be, that you care enough about maybe the people in that environment to not be just like fuck, like screaming fuck this, this is bullshit, and run out. You're trying to have some sort of a pleasant visage, you know, yeah. and be respectful to whatever point you can. Yeah. And again, you're not responsible for these people's beliefs, yeah, or for even respecting their no, beliefs or no. their. But you're choosing to do that, yeah. you know, which which says a lot, especially after what you've been through. It's hard, like it's really triggering. Yeah, for sure, especially like. There was an instance where my husband's friend's brother shot himself. He is a vet, was in Afghanistan, I believe. Um, and he went into the VA to get some help. 
and they didn't check all of his firearms. They didn't fill out all the right forms. And it turned out that he had a gun in his car uh, in the parking lot. Mm. And so he was in the VA for a couple of days getting treatment. Um, and then he checked himself out and they didn't think that there was much of a, uh, a concern for suicide at the time. He went straight to his car and shot himself oh my God. in the VA lot. And that's horrible enough. That's horrible enough. And, but then we went to his funeral and the family's Catholic, um, which I don't even know what that means, but the person that preached, um, said that this guy, uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm supposed to use his name. Anyway, this guy that killed himself, yeah. that he was a he was a handy guy. Like he he fixed things all the time. Like if you needed anything, he could like fix your motorcycle. He could fix your toaster. He was super handy and whatever. And like just kind of talking about how cool he was and like he was a musician and whatever. And then he goes into the part where he's like, and you know now he's in a better place and he's in heaven mm-hmm. and you know what and but you know what your relationship with him doesn't end here it continues it continues and you know you know you know if you're at home and you're working on something and you just can't figure out how to fix this thing you know just talk to him oh no just talk to him you know and he can help you and so all of a sudden this guy who's dealing with post-war PTSD shoots himself kills himself and now he's been recruited against his will to be a minion of heaven to help you with your handy handyman projects wow which I thought was fucking absurd it's invasive and disgusting yeah I didn't like it and I don't know what to think I don't know what his sister thought of it I don't know if she believes that and she was comfortable with it so it's really not Autonomy, right? This is not within my boundaries of things that I need to be worried about. I don't like it. I'm not going to come to this church again. I, it's not my problem. Yeah. Me, though, personally, me, that is across, that's crossing the line that represents so many of the things about religion that I find disgusting, that I find to cross lines of uh, consensuality. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, it was just really fucking disturbing and I had to leave. Like I, I was really upset. I usually always have to leave if I go to one of these things. Like I had to leave Derek Weber's Derek Webb. Yeah. I keep calling him Weber. Sorry, <laughs> Derek. Where? I don't know. Uh, like I had to leave his thing. Like he did a, like a little house concert yeah. and my friend Jeff loves Derek and he invited me to go in Minneapolis, and so we went. And apparently Jay was there, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I still don't know Jay. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of miscreant-looking creatures there, so <laughs> that was probably one of him. <laughs> I've seen his pictures. I know. I know what he's up to. Um, but like, it was so uncomfortable. Like, and that was that was triggering. I, I figured it would be yeah. triggering, but I mean, we were in a home. Mm-hmm. Which, again, like, 
youth group was often in homes too yeah. and we would Small often groups, youth yep groups, yep yeah. and we'd sit on couches right. and we'd, someone would have a guitar mm-hmm. and then we'd do praise and worship and then someone would say stuff about god and then you'd have to confess that you masturbated to your friend maybe publicly maybe you'd write it down on a piece of paper and you'd nail it on a giant cross that they have in the corner or you would burn it in a fire like it's just fucked up and That's very toxic and disgusting yes yes it is yes. that's my childhood and <laughs> Oh man, we haven't even gotten to what YWAM did to me, but um, um, point being, yeah, Derek's concert was hard because his music is still very like m- melodically a lot like Christian music, mm-hmm. um, and so that was like uncomfortable. Even sure. though he's a beautiful singer, um, but then there was a lot of talking, like a like I I get triggered whenever I'm in a room, <laughs> which sounds weird. Whenever I'm in a room with a lot of people mm-hmm. and they're all looking one direction. Okay. And that that one person, there's a, there's someone that they're looking at. Yeah. So like your church like, yeah, no, makes me like, I see. Yeah. like not to say that I wouldn't, I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm probably going to go sometime just cause I'm curious. Sure. Um, that squicks me out, like. And you can, you, you can like sit there with a drink or something, and just walk away. You know I know. I, mean? I probably like, just sit there, just with their middle fingers yeah. up this whole time, like. And you, yeah. You'd and they would probably be supported. like, "You're awesome." You'd be like, yeah, us too. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I'm I know. Not, it sounds like I'm pitching it, but I'm not. No, pitching no, no, it no, 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 yeah. no. I, I totally understand. But no, yeah. Um. Yeah, I just don't like that. No, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I have a lot of like not exactly hypochondria, not hypochondria. What am I trying to say? Claustrophobia, yeah, yeah. sort of things. Like whenever I feel trapped, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of situations where I was physically, mentally trapped. Yeah, like you weren't allowed to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't allowed to walk away. There's a lot of instances where people have prayed over me things that I didn't consent to. Yeah, like oh, wow. somebody forced me to convert to Christianity in that way that when I was at YWAM they just like came up to me and like I don't know if you remember but like if someone is praying over you uh-huh. there's like this it's there's a sacredness to it that like if they're praying over you there's this understanding that God is flowing through them and that right. the things that they're saying are divine in, yeah. in some way and then they need to need to be respected or authority needs to be respected mm-hmm. and, and you you aren't to interrupt that flow right. never has anyone been prayed over and the person's like no don't pray that for me yeah. like i don't want that <laughs> like point. you yeah. never interrupt it right, right, you right. let it happen uh-huh. to you the mode changes yes yeah and the language changes yes you just yeah. lay back and you take it mm-hmm. And that happened to me in YWAM because I was really struggling with my faith. And one of these people who knew that I was struggling with my faith came over and she put her hand on me. And even though I was struggling with my faith, I still had that thing in me where I'm supposed to respect the authority of someone praying over me. And I'm not to interrupt them. And if they tell me to say something, I have to say it because it's like improv. You have to say yes. Yeah. You don't say no. Yes. And yes. And uh-huh. yeah, it is. It's improv. And so she started leading me on the salvation prayer. Boy. She's just like, and what was I supposed to do? Yeah, right. Say no. Mm-hmm. And to someone else, they might be like, oh, yeah, you just say the words or whatever, move on with your day. But like this, nah, this really, really traumatized yeah. me. Especially when at that moment in your mind, you've given authority to that experience. Mm-hmm. You've been like maybe conditioned or brainwashed or, or, or however you want to, however you want to phrase it to think that this is a a valid divine experience correct yeah yeah even the theatrics of it when you're you're suspending your disbelief in that moment 
and being like, you know, there's there's something else happening. There's something metaphysical happening here. Yep. Yeah. I don't suspend my belief anymore. I'm very cynical. Yeah. Critical. Mm-hmm. Not like overly cynical, but just like I ask questions mm-hmm. now. I don't just take what's given to me. And obviously that's why autonomy comes up yeah. a lot for me mm-hmm. in all the discussions that I'm having because so much of my life I felt gaslit or like um, like that I didn't have an autonomy, that I didn't have an autonomy, that I didn't have a voice and that I needed to conform. Um, so obviously that's why I like being on shows like this mm-hmm. or being on the podcast is therapy yeah. to say what I think and to, to exercise that autonomy, to, to verbalize the abuse that I suffered because I didn't do it at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now the, this sounds dramatic, but now the world will know. Yeah. Like yeah. now I, I will say, and that's why me too is happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the same sense. Yeah. Like women mm-hmm. are just like fed up and right. v- those who can share their trauma are, yeah, those who can't they don't we don't have to put it on display for you to believe us but apparently we do but right um yeah Yeah. movements i think very important movements like that are so important because if you try maybe i'll i'll try to use a very parallel metaphor because again i don't i don't think that i should assume anything around shit that I don't like I can't speak to me too except for a, as a white male which I am but I can speak maybe more so to to this context of saying like yeah. in an ideal world we don't there's there's no uh, there's no pride month there's no gay pride parade because in an ideal world that doesn't need to be highlighted and pointed out in an ideal world we don't you don't need um, months recognizing minorities because it doesn't need to be called out because it's not it's not reacting to an injustice that has happened. You know what I mean? And, and at the same time, it's like, if someone's like, I, I wish I had a better example than this, but, but like the all lives matter thing, it's like, yeah, no shit. All lives matter. But that's not where the spotlight needs to be right now. And that's a fucking hateful reaction to something that needs to be highlighted right Mm -hmm. now. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, in an ideal world, you don't need, you don't even need the term LGBTQIA plus because yeah. it's just people. It's just people. Yeah. yeah. But like right now we need that because it needs to be highlighted. It needs to have a spotlight shown on it. Yeah. You know, and it, it's so yeah, ideally we don't need any of these constructs or reactions to injustices, but like, but that needs to be pointed out right now. Yeah. And that ideal will never become real. Sure. Of course not. We're humans. So no, there, there is no thing. It's just broken. Yeah. It's burning. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, man, that was a lot. Um, I don't know what I was gonna say, but that's true. I don't say that to devalidate anything. To no, no, take no, no, away no. the power of anything. No, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, the 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 whole like, fuck the whole. Like when you talk about Me Too and women's experiences and the reactions are not all men. Like, <laughs> uh, it's like, honey, 
That's not what we were saying. We were. Right. That's not the point of me too. It's not every single man is a rapist. Right. Like, of course. Uh, I understand it. It's like a defense mechanism. Um, because, uh, yeah, this is where it gets really complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, how to get men who I'm going on another tangent now, but how to get men who want to be allies to be allies. Yeah. There's a lot of men who want to be allies and then they do it wrong and then they get yelled at and then they say, well, I guess I can't do anything right. And then they stop. Yeah. And I find that really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, can you be more specific? Can you talk to those men who want to be allies and then stop because they did something wrong? Is yeah. it just like listen? Is it shut up and listen? Is that what it is? I don't like saying that because it's really, I mean, the crux of it is yes, shut up and listen, but that's not helpful. That's, I get to choose how I want to come at this, right? How I want to talk to men about this. The way that other women are talking to men by saying shut up and listen or whatever else they say is valid in what, what they're doing. I'm not trying to police that. For me, that's not how I want to approach it. Um, for one, it's important to realize that women don't women don't need to acknowledging cishet language right now. Women don't need to recount their trauma to convince you that it's real. We don't, we shouldn't have to go onto Twitter and tell you who raped us, who groped us. We shouldn't have to publicly put our trauma out there in order to be taken seriously. Um, what else? Some women, if you talk to them about this are going to be hostile and we're not even we don't even need to just talk about misogyny right now or me too we can also talk about racism or any of these other social justice issues um whoever you're talking to might engage with you like i am mm-hmm. i'm pretty measured i'm pretty rational doesn't mean i don't have trauma this is just how i can and choose to engage on this topic but and there are other reactions that are just as valid. Like when you, cro- when you come across someone on the internet and it's a, whatever, it's a woman or whether it's a black person who they're talking about that respective topic and they are mean, they're mean and they yell at the, whatever, let's just say a, a man who's trying to understand but is asking really ignorant mm-hmm. questions and sure. not listening really well. Yeah whether they're well-intentioned or whether they're trying to be a clever devil's advocate or whatever and trying to prove why why blackface is actually okay, there's going to be people who are going to react to him very hostile. And he's going to think that he's in the right because they're being hostile, that he's just trying to have a discussion. He's just trying to be rational. He's just trying to... and, and and since and since he feels like he won the discussion or that there's no um, reasoning with these people, he's going to back away from his attempts to com- comprehend what's happening or to engage any further with how to you know how to be an ally or an advocate for this situation. And he's going to feel justified about that because he's going to feel like you're trying to help 
but you just keep getting bitten. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You're biting me all the time. Mm. And so he's going to, he's going to walk off and feel justified about that. What I want to say about that is mm. that women or whomever marginalized groups don't owe you education. They don't owe you an engagement about the discussion. If they choose to engage with you about their experience as a marginalized person, whether it's a person of color a trans person, uh, a woman, someone identifying as a woman, you need to listen because like you mentioned before, it's not an identity that you have. You don't want to speak to it. So if you, if someone is gracious enough to speak about their experience as a marginalized person, particularly to a white man, then you need to honor their story. Like, Again, this comes back to autonomy, right? If someone's telling you that this is their experience, this is their experience. You don't get to question them. For sure. Right? And so that's one of the things, like, you don't get to disregard their argument just because they've been hit in the face every day for their entire life and they're a little angry now. Right. You know, like, it's it's a legitimate and it's a, a predictable scenario that marginalized groups may be a bit hostile yeah. and angry yeah. if you try to engage in a conversation where you're trying to challenge their narrative. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they... People are going to be pissed. And guess what? That does not make the situation invalid. It doesn't make it less true. It doesn't make them bad. They are reacting exactly like you would expect they would react by being treated like that their entire lives. So that's one thing I really want to press that do not take that hostility personally. Do not let that stop you from becoming trying to come closer to allyship trying to understand what that means also stop asking people who don't agree to talk about it to talk about it like don't go up to your black neighbor and just be like man being black right like is that really hard though like like stupid shit like that like getting into non-consensual conversations with a marginalized person about their identity it is triggering Often it's triggering because I talk to trans people and they're like, I have to explain my trans identity eight times a day, every day. Mm -hmm. It's an onslaught. And sometimes I can be nice and cordial about it, but sometimes I'm just tired. Like, Mm. why should I have to explain my identity all day long? And so white people or whomever who are trying to learn how to be better allies, they think they're doing good. By having these conversations with marginalized groups, by reaching out, but you're just, you're, it might not go well and that's okay. Mm. And so that's why I encourage, and I'm only speaking to this because this is stuff that I've had to learn, that I encourage people to get educated in ways that are not burdensome to the person that's marginalized or get educated in a consensual way. Like if you have someone that you know is willing to talk about it, ask them if it's okay mm-hmm. to have a discussion, but make sure that you're listening. Also read a fucking book. Mm-hmm. Like I read medium.com and there's a lot of really good articles about there that I've learned a shit ton about being a person of color, being trans in this world, like being non-binary. And this is from people who have chosen to, to put that information out there. Mm. There are people who have already agreed 
to do it. So uh, I would say educate yourself there instead of trying to start like a Facebook debate mm-hmm. from your friend that, you know, might not want to talk about that mm-hmm. shit. Like they don't, they don't owe it to you. They don't owe it to you right. at all. So I don't know. Those are the big takeaways that I got when I kind of came to terms with, Hey, guess what? Racism is still a thing and, yeah. I, and I'm racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would it, within the within those terms would it be was it insensitive for me just to ask a woman who happened to be you in this point at this point to clarify to men who want to be allies who are doing it wrong how to respond to me too was that insensitive of me to ask of you directly when you didn't offer it for me i was not uncomfortable with yeah. that because i think i've already given enough signals that I'm comfortable mm-hmm. talking about this. I mentioned earlier that I don't mind engaging with men talking about me too and stuff. So I feel like you have enough context and enough rapport with me to expect that that probably would have gone well. It is also my responsibility to say if that's something I don't want to speak to that I don't want to speak to. Okay. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a mutual thing. Like yeah. it's not, <clears throat> it's not your responsibility to baby me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never a bad idea to phrase something in a way that um, uh, infers that you are asking for consent. Mm-hmm. Like I phrase things a lot differently these days. Like, you know, would you is um, is it are you versed on the topic and would you want to share about? Yeah, right, right. Bloop, right, yeah. like whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So it's um, I try to be careful with that. Like with, if I'm talking to marginalized people, to make sure that I'm aware that that. The, I, I only want them to engage with this if they consent yeah. to it and mm-hmm. only so far as they want to. Right. Asking for the consent in a sensitive way too. In a, right. Yeah. Right. And if they don't want to talk about it, mm-hmm. like yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary to talk to a white person, a white man about misogyny and about me too. And about rape culture, because you don't know right. like up to what point do they still have internalized misogyny? Like mm-hmm. at what point you know, are we going to hit the wall and, you know, you're going to say something shitty and be like, okay, well, that was what the, the point was. Okay. You know, so like it's, it's a risky conversation to have, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's what, that's what I experience as more or less privileged. I'm, I'm white, middle-class, et cetera. Um, think about these other groups though. Yeah. Um, so it requires a lot of empathy and a lot of, uh, independent study And I think the other thing is the other takeaway men or whomever is get comfortable and expect to be wrong. Mm. I think I'm going to be sexist here. And I feel like um, a lot of the men that I meet on average want to be right about a lot of things. They're the ones that are like this are pride themselves on their intellect, on their knowledge about things on trivia on how things work. They're the ones that are going to be mansplaining the most. Um, and they want to be right about things. And they, even if they're progressive and they want to be an ally, they want to be right yeah. as an ally. They want to be the best ally that mm. they can be. They want to understand it the best. And so they approach it that way. And, just when they think that they've understood it, the game changes, the rules change. Mm-hmm. Somebody's not happy with what you said. Somebody's uncomfortable. They triggered someone and they're like, 
they can't figure it out. The, the goalpost keeps changing and they get frustrated because now they can't be right anymore. And everywhere you go, the rules are changing and, and you feel like that's their problem, that they're not being consistent. But it's you. Like, you need to be comfortable with being wrong and accepting the varying experiences and identities of everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, nobody is, there's no group that is homogenous. You need to get comfortable with accepting opposite things. Um, you need to get comfortable with being wrong, being told that you're wrong, being corrected. Um, on average, I think men may struggle with being corrected. Um, I think it's reinforced in you when you're growing up that you need to be right. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be strong and you be alpha. Um, so I think that's going to be a real challenge for maybe some men to get comfortable with that, um, to be told that you're wrong and then to admit that and then grow into your new knowledge. Um, and knowing that even that is not the ultimate knowledge. There's still varying experiences out there and you need to encompass them all. <laughs> like yeah. in so much as you can, you need to honor the experiences of um, others around here. You have a lot to learn being a privileged white man in this country Um you don't have the advantage. I have an advantage of being a woman that I can, I can transpose my experience of experiencing misogyny and the dynamics that I have there onto the experiences that maybe people of color have not to the same extent. It's not, it's not the same, but I can, it helps me empathize. Um, And I could be oversimplifying it. You can call me out on it, but like, I think, white men don't have as many opportunities to have a marginalized identity and with such a strong systemic dynamic to be able to empathize. And so I think it's a harder task for them. I'm just pulling this out of my ass. So I could be wrong, but like I have to imagine it might be a harder task for them to empathize and to relate to these groups. Um, I don't know. I'm not jealous of the situation, of the position you guys are in. It's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that you're, you're fully right in everything that you've said. And I think even, I think equating anything or even asking anyone who is any sort of minority to equate anything is kind of unfair. Yeah. If you want to equate, then go for it. But I'm, I'm not even going to, I don't think I have a place. I'm at the, the top of, of, you know, apart from having some, like maybe I'm a little bit effeminate and maybe that's a slight bias that I would get, but like, so the fuck what, you know what I mean? Like I'm pretty much on the top of the, of the, the, uh, the hierarchy, hierarchy. Yeah. Patriarchy. Patriarchy. Yeah, for sure. Totally. No, absolutely. So I, I want to try to absorb everything that you're saying and not be like, no, I get it. Or like, yeah. yeah, And just cause I'm saying it doesn't mean I'm right either. That's the other thing. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to absorb it. Yeah. Yeah. No legit. Yeah. Uh, most of this I hadn't even, I'm just realizing as I'm speaking it out loud, so I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> but it seems right to me. Sounds right to me, too. Right? Mm-hmm. We should write it down. Make <laughs> a book. Yeah. Make a transcript of the, I mean, it, luckily this is being recorded, so you could. Yes. 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 Oh, maybe I should interview on Your Atheist Pastor. That would be good. Because Luke 
he's taking a break this summer mm. and he's letting uh, other people take over his show. Ooh. So he's giving me an episode. Really? And I was trying to like decide who I wanted to interview with you or interview with, but we've got like a good chemistry. Yeah, so this I, I think could so. Be interesting. We could have more to talk about. I could interview on your atheist past. Yeah. Yeah. Cause That'd be great. yeah. Cause I don't know who else I want to interview. I thought about it. I couldn't think of anyone. I'm just gonna be blowing you up every every day from here until then, being like, "So, have you come to a decision about interviewing me? What about what now? <laughs> about interviewing me? Um, oh, let's just do it. It's fine. I mean, we we definitely need. We're almost at three hours right now. Do you know that? We I definitely need. So we need to continue this conversation on or off air. Um, I think honestly, though, we should probably we should come probably. to a conclusion. Yeah, because you got like what three episodes in there. Two probably. Yeah, you don't want to. I have released three a three-hour episode once. Have you? Yeah, uh, with a non- non-binary couple, who was just informing the shit out Ooh. of everyone. Yeah, at Sacred Collective. Interesting. It was really good. I would love to listen to that. Yeah, it was a good one. Non-binary is something that I don't know a ton about. Mm-hmm. They, it was very and they were, and it's like you were saying earlier. They they chose yeah to be informative. Right. They chose to take that burden on themselves right. because they were at a point in their lives where they're comfortable enough. And and not going to be, you know, um, not going to be hurting themselves in any way. They're comfortable enough mentally, and and they were willing to inform people about. I have to imagine it was probably still taxing. Like I can't imagine sure it, was. it was not taxing. I'm sure it was. Yeah. But it's just like it's just like um, they probably had the the uh, emotional currency, the to resources, spend. yeah, the yeah. currency. Yeah, to spend on it because like this is taxing yeah. to educate. I'm okay with it, like because at the same time, like I'm, I'm going to be worn out afterwards. But also, like I like having these conversations. So there's this other part of me that's going to be like super high. So <laughs> yeah, so like yeah, it's complicated. But um, yeah, we all have to set our own boundaries. And it sounds Absolutely. like they they were very comfortable. Sharing. Yeah, I have to go and check that out. Yeah, I have a lot to learn about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I want to. S- just vocalize genuine appreciation for, for anyone from any group who's willing to, to, to humbly and non-aggressively and patiently vocalize things like lessons like that that need to be learned. Yeah. You know, and even if, and sometimes on, and this is interesting too. Um, sometimes it's easy to speak in absolutes and be like, this is how you should treat my group. And then you speak to somebody else and it's like, well, that's not how I feel about it. So I think there's a lot of relativity and a a lot of nuance to that as well. Right. Like in in the trans community, the general consensus is that you don't use your dead name, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. met a trans person last summer that said that she uses her dead name. She talks about it all the time. She's yeah. like, yeah, I used to be this. And mm-hmm. like, she's like, that's still like, it kind of reminds personal. me of you. Like she had not thrown away that entire life. That was mm-hmm. not dead to her. Right. It was just a different part of her yeah. life. And she accepted that. Yeah. Um, not that that's a better or worse way for any other trans person to go, mm-hmm. but there, there is nuance. nuance like you can't yeah. learn all the, all the rules of trans yeah. and then just be like, yep, yeah, I know how to deal with trans yeah. people. Like it's even minimizing PC. to say that, they're all the rule you know that just to say that it's a, a steadfast no you, d- yeah the point of all of this conversation <laughs> right is that people are individuals yes and that you should treat them like individuals yeah. respect their autonomy mm-hmm. respect what belongs to them and mm. respect what belongs to you absolutely and like that's just basic uh-huh. humanitarian yeah. or humanist stuff absolutely yeah and i met a, a trans person 
uh, recently who almost who doesn't even like who respects others who do uh, use the term dead name, but he prefers the term birth name. Sure, and has a whole di- and is almost offended if you assume that he can be dead named because he prefers the term birth name. Sure, yeah. Um, but he's is a, a huge advocate and, and, and outspoken and helps people both understand and come to terms with you know people within the trans community come to terms with things and people outside of it to to be educated. Yeah. Um, that makes me think of like, don't ask presumptuous questions. Yeah, like if right. you think you're PC bro and you go and you talk to a trans person and you think that you're being, um, accepting and whatever <laughs> by being like, so what's your dead name? No. First of all, that's really uh, presumptuous. Second of all, it's really invasive and personal. It's, Third, it's very tr- you know, I triggering. I don't think that question should ever be asked. No. When I come into contact with people from marginalized groups with, with, with whom I do not identify. So people of color, trans, uh, anybody in the LGBTQIA group, I get a lot more quiet, not because I'm afraid of tripping anything up, but I want to listen. I want to see what they're willing to disclose. I never ask them. I don't assume anything. I don't, as much as I'm curious because I'm so curious about the different manifestations of people, Unless they're offering information, it is none of my goddamn mm-hmm. business. And so it's appropriate to ask for pronouns if you feel like that, yeah. that that's a, a thing that you need to ask. Yeah. Um, that's a good idea, but uh, fucking yeah. don't ask personal questions like yeah. that. I, I know we, <laughs> we can go on forever and ever. <laughs> Fourth but, hour. Yeah, right. But like the pronouns thing can even be tricky too because one of my closest friends is a server and he went up to a table of people, you know, who's gender identity they weren't projecting a they obviously were not intentionally and maybe obviously isn't even where she's but they weren't projecting a specific gender identity at all you know they, they, so he and he's a very very forward-thinking person so he came up to the table and said hey guys i'm so-and-so i'll, I'll be your waiter or i'll be your server tonight uh, i just want to go ahead and, and just uh you know make sure i know everyone's pronouns or, or ask you your pronouns and they got offended they got upset and they were they like that he was being presumptuous or something, or that that was none of his damn business. You know, and, and at the same time, there's people out there who who may be offended if you use they them theirs when they they have an established. It's just maybe if, if everyone if everyone's pa- ideally, if everyone is patient with each other, we can map this out because this is a lot of uncharted territory. That's right now, that's not ideal though. We've already we've already, there is no ideal. We've yeah. already, we've already discussed this. That's the people true. are complicated. I told you, Caleb. Some there's people, no ideal. <laughs> some people are going to be hostile yeah. and angry. No, for sure. And other people are going to be calm and yeah. educated. I'm not saying that that these people were wrong in yeah. being mad at him or being triggered by him. Right. I am saying that he was trying to be as sensitive as possible. And I'm not defending either. So I'm not sure. defending him. Much he less. A, he had good intentions. Yeah. 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 And so it's like. I agree with you. You should. I think that you said specifically ask for pronouns. I'm just saying that that can also be triggered. I'm just. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying that there's so much nuance here. Yeah, there is. And 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 if you make a misstep and you piss someone off, don't guess, be mad at them. Guess for being what? Mad. You're yeah. wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. You're mm-hmm. wrong. You are wrong. Yeah. I feel like this is. I feel like what we're orbiting around is just postmodern 101. Mm-hmm. Just like everything is relative. Mm-hmm. Don't be mad at people for being mad. Nope. And learn as you go, and we'll just yeah, own your shit. (laughs) Decide what shit you want to deal with, and what shit you don't want to deal with, and respect other people's Uh shit. Yeah, like that's just how to be a human being. And I wish that was in a book that I had read when I was five, but it wasn't. Yeah. Instead, I read about a god that killed babies and dashed them on the rocks. Mm -hmm. 
but that's just part of the good book. <laughs> the, the great, the best book. It's the good book, don't you know? Yeah. Um, All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap her up. So, so yeah, give us, the, give if, us the plug. If you liked these three hours of me talking over a white man, you're really going <laughs> to... Really? That's not fair. Cass actually talks quite a lot. Um, you'll like uh, Everyone's Agnostic, where we talk to people who have deconverted from Christianity or have deconstructed. Some people still believe. Some people are spiritual. There's a whole nuance. I know you're surprised to know that I deal with nuances on the show, but <laughs> I do. So um, check us out. Um, we have episodes that come out bi-weekly, um, and it's me and Cass and... We love doing what we do, and I write monologues, and those are hard. <sighs> but I do them, and sometimes I don't know what to say. So you should listen to them, and then email me and be like, oh my God, Marie, that was such a good monologue, because my feelings are your responsibility. <laughs> the end. Awesome. Uh, yeah. what, what days do they, do they drop by weekly? Oh, they drop midnight on Sundays. Okay. So the beginning of Mondays, that midnight. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, and you're on any podcast We're app? on all podcast platforms, platforms. And we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You drop some handles in there? Uh, they're all everyone's agnostic. At everyone's agnostic. Yeah. And like we've interviewed a lot of really cool people in the community. Mm -hmm. If you guys know Dr. Daryl Ray, he wrote The God Virus. He wrote Sex and God. He's the president of Recovering from Religion. He also founded um, Secular Therapy Project. Um, we, I had a really good interview with him. It was great because I was on his show three times. He, was, he also did the podcast Sec uh, Secular Sexuality, mm. which was a huge launch point for me for kind of healing through my shit. Wow. Um, and he made me Polly basically cause he's Polly and he talked about that stuff and it kind of blew my mind. But anyway, that's a good episode. It's a recent episode. Uh, I'm just wasting time now. Not really. I don't know. This is, this is like the, the only semblance of a segment is you have to plug something at the end. So this is great. Yeah. Um, pay us money. <laughs> uh, don't Patreon. Yeah. And I'll sign off with don't bother your token marginalized friend. Leave them alone. <laughs> read a book. Please read a book. And don't be a bigot. I don't know. I don't have any other tips. Do you have any tips? Mm. Recycle. Recycle. Compost. Yep. Uh, default to they. Um, really? No. No. I was, it was kind of a, a throwback to... Oh, I don't think I would do that. I yeah. would just let them tell me, I guess. I don't just know call people by their names. How about that? They, they tell you. How about that? Yeah. Just use first names. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to remember sometimes. I, I still see binary sometimes. It's hard to, yeah, like, no, to remember. Right. Yeah. Like, I'll, yeah. like I had a friend who... I don't know how they describe it, but they were previously identifying as male, and now they are identifying as female. They're trans. Um... And I sometimes forget, like yeah. I sometimes use. And you're not willing. You're not ill intended. No, it's just like it's just yeah. not. It's just something I'm not used to to mm -hmm. to have seen a gender change over the lifespan of somebody. But but I'm more than willing to keep trying. Yeah, yeah. Let's all keep trying. How about that? Let's keep trying. Let's keep trying. Everybody's awesome. Wait, how was it? Oh, <laughs> uh, what I said. I said 
Everybody's everything's agnostic. Everything's agnostic. Everything's agnostic. Yeah, that was embarrassing. That's fine. I wanted it out though. Don't worry. Don't. Yeah, just say it again. Everything's agnostic. Everything. Check out our podcast. Oh no. Everything is agnostic. That could be a good spinoff podcast with me and you. Dot org. Dot- oh, <laughs> everything's agnostic. Where we talk about objects that are agnostic. <laughs> agnostic. We'll just sit here. That radio is agnostic. <laughs> that. The Quran is agnostic. That fake thing of flowers. Oh, just like list off things in the room? Yeah, is agnostic. Mm-hmm. Those shoes are agnostic. Mm-hmm. This person. I am agnostic. I guess. But I am an animate object. That's, Everything. Oh, yeah. I'm not a thing. Right. But depending on- How about your on, body is agnostic? How about that? It's not a thing. Oh, now we're getting into dualism. Don't get me started. I could do another hour on that. <laughs> Let's do a teaser right now for that episode. <gasps> Let's talk about homunculus. I don't know what that is. All right, we're going to do it in the in the your atheist pastor episode. Okay, hum, Google it. Okay, and then we'll do that. Homunculi. We'll talk about dualism. I love it. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. evolution. We can talk about. I that. love talking about. Evolution. Oh, okay, good. Oh yeah. And then how pretty it is. It is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I was part of it. <laughs> You're just rolling your eyes. Duh. Duh. I, I was there. I told you. I was there. <laughs> God. Well, thank you. That's another segment, I guess, is thanking your guests. Thank you so much for doing this for real. You do a third episode of thank you? Oh, wait. No, no it's a segment, segment within yeah. an episode. Well, like there's the there's the intro, the conversation, the plugs, and then I have to thank you. Oh, you know? okay. You're welcome. There you go. Yeah. Pleasure to be here. That's what you're supposed to say. But what if I don't feel that way? <laughs> what if that's not my reality? Yeah, right, right. Oh, boy. Here we go again. It's a pleasure to be here, Caleb. Hey, you know, it's great having you. Pleasure's all mine. It's really great to be here. Your house wasn't hard to find at all. (laughs) Oh, sorry about that. That's fine. It's like hidden over here. We'll drop a pin for it so the listeners can... Drop the pin. Yeah. Yeah, put your social out there. How about... My social? For... Yeah, just go ahead. That's all all I'm getting. Yeah, guess it. Four. Yep. Nine. No. Oh, fuck. (laughs) That's all you get. Okay. All right, the end. All right, bye. (laughs) The end. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, find us on social media at sacred underscore MN. A post-Christian production.